Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we can't even catch. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 1993 summer comedy, The Sandlot. I love this movie. <laughs> right? I say it about quite a few of our selections here at Kicking and Streaming, but I love this movie. It's a classic. It is the quintessential classic coming-of-age sports comedy. <laughs> oh my god. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, practice the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everybody to be able to join our little watch party. All right, take me out to the ball game. I know you're smart and I'm proud of you. I want you to make some friends this summer. Meet Scotty Smalls. Kale, get it! The kid is a L7 weenie. My life is over. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. Just have fun. Climb trees, hop fences, get into trouble. Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. Now he's in. Yeah! All right! With the coolest guys in the neighborhood. They've got the look. Wendy Peppercorn. Wow. Hey, girls. They've got the moves. <laughs> They've got the rap. Blockhead! Geek! Jerk! Idiot! Moron! You bop grapples in the toilet! And you like it! You play ball like a girl! Yeah, Something else has got their ball. That wasn't my ball! Dad's father gave it to him. Babe Ruth signed that ball. Babe Ruth! We gotta get that ball back. Got any bright ideas? Mommy, mommy, look a doggy! Ooh, a big doggy. 20th Century Fox presents. Hey guys, it's the Sandlot Babies. You're the ones that making all that racket. A lifetime of adventure. Come on, Squidge, you can do it. Pull through, bud. <laughs> Little pervert. The Sandlot, a little piece of paradise, a half a block wide and a whole season long. Scotty, have you made any friends yet? Let's talk a little bit about David Mickey Evans. Oh my God, he's going to be 60. (laughs) Sorry, it just puts you in perspective how old this movie is. I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying the movie's 28 years old. All right. But, you know, whatever. You're like, what, 29? Stop. Oh yeah, you are almost 30. Stop it. (laughs) I hate this bit. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm an asshole. Anyway. This is like David Mickey Evans's like thing. He wrote it, he directed it, you know, it's probably about something that happened to him when he was a kid. Who knows? He's from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh my. Right outside Scranton, y'all. <laughs> Say hi to our friends at Dunder Mifflin. I can't believe that there are like sequels and prequels to this movie. I know. Like what else needs to be said? I it- feel like we wrapped it up quite nicely. <laughs> and I hear that most of them were, oh, I don't know. 
trash. <laughs> but who knows? Oh, no. I don't know. I think, you know, I think in one of them, uh, a girl gets involved. Oh, my. We're trying to pass the Bechdel test, you know? <laughs> right. This movie made almost like $27 million, $30 million. I'm going to round up to 30 just because <laughs> I don't like exact math. <laughs> No, no, I can see why you wouldn't. Certainty in anything seems to be (laughs) on me. Um, You might have guessed it, but we have names. So there's a lot of kids in the movie, and I'm just going to run over their names. They're all doing other things now. I'm sure everyone wishes them well. I'm yeah. not going to talk about every single one of their career. No, absolutely not. I, I actually only picked out a couple of names for We've Got Names. So, as our as our protagonist, Scotty Smalls, we have Tom Guyry. Tom Guyry's been in some things, I take it. He was in Black Hawk Down, and he was in The Reverend, or The Revenant, whatever. Whatever that friggin' movie is where Leonardo DiCaprio won the Oscar, finally. Oh, you know, he was in Mystic River. Yeah, okay. th- that too. I like Mystic River. Like, enough. As Benny the Jet Rodriguez, we have Mr. Mike Vitar. Um, oh, God. Uh, Carrie Ann, have you found something out on the internet recently about Mike Vitar that uh, you wouldn't be the first thing you'd normally talk about? No, yeah, this was this was upsetting. But uh, he had an assault charge in 2015. They beat up a guy who they thought was giving poison sweets to children that's an urban legend come on and like he wasn't and they beat him up and it was bad and uh i just i hate finding these things out these damages amounted to over seven million dollars what the hell did they do to that man damn that sucks uh the other kids being played by uh we got patrick renna as ham chauncey leoparty as squints uh marty york as yeah yeah uh, Brandon Adams as Kenny DeNunez, Grant Gelt as Bertram Grover Weeks, and as the Timmons twins, you have Victor Dematia and Shane <laughs> Obedzinski. That, that was really good try. That was respectable. <laughs> We've also got Dennis Leary. He's oh, Bill. God. Scotty's stepdad. I, Dennis Leary's been with us before. In a bug's life. In a bug's life. As the voice of... Francis, the ladybug. <laughs> oh, being a ladybug automatically makes me a girl. Is that it, Flyboy? Huh? Yikes! She's a guy. We also have the 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 talented, the amazing, the the, the longevitive Mr. James Earl Jones. Guys from like the Lion King and Star Wars. Indeed, <laughs> I like to think of him as the king from Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. Oh my God! The- I cannot believe he's in this movie the king and queen in coming to america are literally the voices of mufasa and sarabi in the disney lion king that's a great piece of trivia he is a man who hates baseball which is funny really james (laughs) Earl jones doesn't like baseball yeah he does not like baseball which is funny because he's also in field of dreams so let's just put him in all the baseball movies i always have this does stanley have a mustache or not moments with james (laughs) earl jones where i'm like is he american <laughs> or is he British? I, you know, I really always, know. I always have a moment where I'm like, and I don't know why. He's quite obviously an American. Also, uh, Marley Shelton and Art Lafleur, whatever. She's in lots of things that I like. Really? Oh, please don't let me take it away. She is in Uptown Girls, Sin City. She's in tar- some Tarantino things. She's in Death Proof. She was in Planet Terror, like lots of cult favorites of mine. Good. Like, and she's like a, a wee weigh-in in this movie. A wee weigh-in? Yeah. I don't know. I think she's a little bit more than a wee weigh-in. <laughs> but we'll talk. 
I think this is the most excited I've ever been to talk about a sports movie. I know, right? Like, I mean, hey, I played Little League Baseball, you played softball, we know the game, at least a little bit. Yeah. Also, what the fuck? Just let girls play baseball. Oh, for real? Don't even get me started! Softball? I mean, hey, softball, you ladies are killing it. <laughs> like, softball's some serious shit when yeah. you played right. But, like, just integrate the sports. <laughs> like, why? I know. I j- mm. Anyways. Ready to buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks? (laughs) I sure am. The music at the beginning of this, like, it's just soft boops of serotonin on my brain. Oh, it is. I remember, because, like, I remember when I hear that music, it's like, oh, that's the fucking Sandlot. Like, that's the opening of the Sandlot. The movie does this annoying thing where the entire movie is couched in flashback. It's just a trope I hate. We have an adult Scotty Smalls telling us about the summer he moved to the valley and made a bunch of friends playing baseball. That's it. That's the conceit. That's the whole friend setup. <laughs> but he does want to let us know that there is one all-time greatest moment in baseball history. Oh, here we go with the baseball trivia. The story goes that in the bottom of the ninth inning, with two outs, a full count, and the tying run on base... Babe Ruth raised his arm and pointed to the center field bleachers. No one believed it, because nobody had ever done it before. But the Babe was calling his shot. On the next pitch, the great Bambino hit a towering 400-foot home run. You would think that Babe Ruth was a god. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, our our father is very obsessed with baseball, as you know. He is. He's a diehard Cubs fan. Like, he has loved baseball, played it ever since he was a kid. And he showed us this movie. Obviously, everyone knows the quintessential moment with Babe Ruth, the one that makes him a star, that makes him a god. He points to center field and knocks it out. Like, come on. <laughs> like, he he called it. How many times have we seen that moment memorialized in cartoons and movies? Like, uh, Oh, it's out of control. 30 years later, a kid named Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez became a neighborhood legend. It was in the greatest summer of my life when he taught me how to play baseball, and he became my best friend, and he got me out of the biggest pickle I'd ever be in. He compares this one summer to that greatest moment. Yeah, like <laughs> I just this movie. This movie is so hyperbolic in so many ways, and I just I kind of adore it. Scotty's not having a good time because they moved to the valley right before school is letting out, so he has like no time to make friends before summer. When you're lonely and new to California, <laughs> he's staring down a long summer of playing with his erector set and watching Howdy Doody or whatever kids did back then. Hey, I played with my erector set all summer when I was 12. Stop, we are not going there. Yeah, Scotty likes his comic books and his erector set and his um, physics. I think Scotty's into physics, which no. is why I think he would like baseball. No, it, no, <laughs> it makes sense. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying if this kid were in school right now, he'd be on the robotics team, hands down. Absolutely. Like, honestly. And, like, Scotty's home life is weird right now because, like, he's got a new stepdad. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Sort of brand new, actually. So, like, his dad passed away, right? And then his mom, of course, took up with this guy, Bill. And Bill is the new stepdad. And he keeps going back and forth between calling him dad and Bill. Oh, it's super uncomfortable. It makes me cringe so hard. Like, okay, I I really didn't want to say all of this right now, but (laughs) allow me to word vomit. 
Bill looks like a snake. He's not a snake. <laughs> but, like, it's that threatening masculine, you know, aura that most boys feel in their home life at some point. Oh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, Bill's not a bad guy. He's just, like, a lot of dads in the 60s, really emotionally unavailable. Dad? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Bill. Remember you you promised you'd teach me to play catch? Mm-hmm. Um, well... Could you teach me? Yeah. Sure. But, like, he wants to learn how to earn this guy's affection so badly because he wants a dad. And I'm like, yikes. Like, Scotty's (laughs) trying... This strange new man. Scotty's trying real hard to meet Bill where he's comfortable, which is honestly baseball. Bill's obviously a fan. He's got a baseball signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is a big damn deal. He obviously loves baseball. So, um, there's this kid in the neighborhood. Um, his name is Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. He's fly as a mofo. Like, I just... <laughs> Benny is a cool cat. Exactly. Like, I like Benny as a character. Like, he's he's a good leader, and he's obviously, you know, got the guts to do shit. You know what I mean? He's this leader of this merry band of misfits that just <laughs> likes to play baseball nonstop. Literally no decorum. <laughs> nobody's keeping score. Nobody's keeping score. There, nobody's choosing teams. They just pick it up the next day where they left off the night before. It's like purgatory. And they, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God, like, angels, uh, no, oh my God, no. What's that movie? <laughs> angels in the Outfield? No, it's where Babe Ruth comes out of the corn. What is it? <laughs> Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. With Kevin Costner. <laughs> With Art LaFleur. And G- as Babe Ruth. He reprises his role. <laughs> and James Earl Jones. <laughs> I love how this is all coming together for you right oh, now. I'm sorry. Moment. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Babe Ruth comes out of the car. It's not that funny, but I'm altered, so it's funny. I'd followed them to the sandlot once after school. I'd never seen any place like it. It was like their own little baseball kingdom or something. It was the greatest place I'd ever seen anyway. But they were good, real good. And all I had was a plastic toy mitt that my grandmother gave me for my birthday when I was six. So he goes to snoop in on the sandlot. Scotty is just standing in the outfield, existing. I don't think anyone's really noticed him. And he hears this big bunch of snarling noises from the fence behind the outfield. There's something malevolent on the other side of this fence, like, whatever it it's is. It's so ominous. It's a steel fence, too, and it's rattling it, <laughs> and it's growling. It's so serious. And, you know, as a kid, you're like, what the fuck? No, yeah. Like This is the beginning of the movie, really, like, capitalizing on that hyperbolic feeling you get as a kid. Like, it's, it's the unnamed fear and dread that you have as a child. <laughs> so preoccupied he doesn't see the fly ball coming at him. The pop fly that takes him down (laughs) to the ground. Yeah, he embarrasses himself. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) He's already a dweeb. He's been here like three days and he's been branded. Also, the phrase biggest pickle is used a lot in this movie. Oh yeah, because this movie's about the biggest pickle he's ever been in. But like, apparently, 
that is a baseball term. Really? Like, when what's happening to Benny a couple of times throughout the movie where he's being thrown between home plate and third base. Oh. Because they're trying to tag him with the ball. Oh. And the, the, We're in a pickle. The plate baseman and the third baseman keep throwing the ball back and forth to each other to try and get him. That's oh, pickling. Oh, okay. I guess. Like, <laughs> I think so. You've answered so many questions for me just now. You have no idea. His mother just wants him to be happy. She knows he's down the dumps. She oh. goes as far as to give him permission to get into a little trouble this she summer. She gives him explicit permission to get in trouble. She just thinks her life isn't complicated enough. She's actively inviting misbehavior. I want you to get out into the fresh air and make some friends. Run around, scrape your knees, get dirty. Climb trees, hop fences, get into trouble for crying out loud. Not too much, but some. She's like, I want to have to like bake someone's mother a cake as an apology. Yes, absolutely. We're going to need to make amends at the end of this summer, buddy. So Bill finally finds some time in his incredibly packed schedule of paperwork to teach Scotty how to play fetch. I hate the... Wait, I wrote fetch. Fetch. Like a dog. Plain as day, I not, wrote fetch. Not catch. <laughs> I wrote fetch. Fetch. Because this kid... He's like, like he won't be catching dad's feelings. He'll be fetching them. God, he's like a piece of furniture in his family's weird life. This goes so swell. Like Scotty, Scotty's embarrassing. Scotty, he he doesn't know shit about the game. He doesn't know what to do. Scotty couldn't catch a cold. (laughs) He couldn't throw out his back. Oh, bless him. God love him. Like, but Bill finally gets serious. And he throws Scotty a pitch that lands right between his eyes. Scotty, keep your eye on the ball. Okay. Got it. Okay. This is where Benny, with all his attitude and swagger, wanders up to Scotty on his front porch and invites him out to play ball. Like, he is actively trying to make him a part of his team. Like the stand-up guy he is. Like, Benny's a nice kid. He's, like, kind of their leader. Like I said, all these little misfit kids in the sandlot. He is the pan to their lost boys. Yeah. You are the pan. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is kind of big lost boys vibes. He doesn't like to leave a man behind, and I love him for it. We're meeting the guys out out back of somewhere, outside of a shop or something. I think it's outside of the drugstore in town. Vincent's. Yeah. It's time to talk about the kids on the team. We have Timmy and Tommy Timmons. Yes, I'm serious. (laughs) Tommy repeats everything. Timmy says everything. Every single thing. That's all his dialogue is just repeating what Timmy just said. It's super annoying. I'd hate to be Timmy. I'd hate to be Timmy. (laughs) Then we have Mike Squince Palidorus. Michael Squince Palidorus. He's the mouth with the chonky glasses. <laughs> what do he, you're right. What do you expect? You're a mouth. <laughs> he is the mouth. He absolutely is the mouth. Then we have Yeah Yeah. He's the fast mouth. <laughs> yeah Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Alan McClellan. Yes. You mean? <laughs> That's his actual name. I'd call it, I wouldn't be calling him Alan. I'd call him Yeah Yeah too. Then we have Bertram. Bertram's the tall one with the glasses. Bertram Grover Weeks? That's <laughs> yes. a badass name. I'm kind sorry. Is. Then we have Kenny DeNunez. He's probably the one besides Benny who takes the game the most seriously. Hmm. He's their pitcher. Exactly. Um, and then, of course, there's Ham. Ham is just that. 
a ham. Hamilton Porter? Also a badass name. He's one of us, you know? Like He's a chubby kid who wants attention. I love ham. I like to think that I am equal parts Scotty and ham. Yeah, no, you I, know what I, mean? I totally see it, you <laughs> fucking nerd. I'm the green, green, real. What? I'm the green, green, real. What? what? I'm the great Bambino. Oh. <laughs> Who's that? The only reason I want to bring this up is because it will become relevant later, but these kids are all scandalized that Scotty doesn't know who the great Bambino is. Are you talking about the Sultan of Swat? <laughs> the Titan of Terror? The Colossus of Clout? <laughs> the King of Crash. And you know, Scotty's obviously embarrassed, so he lies. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the great Bambino. Of course. I thought you said the great Bambi. That wimpy deer? Yeah, I guess. Uh, sorry. Also, the spitting. Oh, my God. Why must boys and men spit? Why is why do they think it's such a flex? You know me. I have a problem with spit. I know. And I know. <laughs> but here's what you have to understand. Their heroes do it out on the ball diamond. I get it. You're right. Their heroes do do it. And that, unfortunately, will come back to haunt us. And unfortunately, also, Scotty is an L7 Weenie. Yeah, these kids do not embrace Scotty because he is embarrassing at this game. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Meyer even. Footlong. Dodger dog. A weenie. Laughing at yeah, yeah. You were like a duck. KK, but I'm. I'm part of the game, right? Yeah. Now, how come he don't get to be? I love Benny's heart. Oh, yeah. Like, all these kids are not going to give Scotty a chance. And he just keeps encouraging him and keeps trying to show him how. Like, Benny sticks Scotty in left field where he hopefully will not be noticed. And Benny does him the disservice of hitting him a pitch. And instead of throwing it back, Scotty, I shit you not, runs it back to him on the plate. This moment is cringe for me because it reminds me of everything I felt insecure about playing Little League Baseball. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I was just like. Not the childhood trauma. No, it just, it like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just standing out there. I was little. I was little when I played baseball. You were a little guy. I was seven and eight like, when I played baseball. And, like, I don't even remember liking this movie very much until after I stopped playing baseball. <laughs> Because you know why? Why? It was other kids doing it and not me. Yeah. And I still got to enjoy it. I feel bad for Benny because he's basically the paternal figure in this poor kid's life right now. You think too much. How'd you get straight A's and shit, huh? No, I got a B once. Actually, it was an A minus. But it should have been a B. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You just have fun. I mean, if you were having fun, you would have caught that ball. I love how Benny's just like, listen, the most important thing is that you have fun. You know, you're not going to do well if you're not having fun. And I remember dad saying that to me before I went into a game that I didn't want to play once. Yeah. And he's like, if you try and have fun, you might have fun, bud. And I remember I was like, it wasn't like I was looking at Benny and going, oh, thanks, dad. But like, <laughs> at the same time, it reminded me of that. And then that's what they're about, right? They play the game for the love of the game. And he's just like, but the way he's just like, just have fun. And Scotty's like, okay, well, you're all bullying me. But like, <laughs> okay, I'll have fun. I, my <laughs> I love how Benny hits this pitch into his open glove because... Oh, it... stick your glove in the air and I'll take care of it. Please 
catches it. Yeah, he sure does. It made me think about this moment that I was at a wedding and I was actively trying not to catch the bouquet. And like, I just stuck my arm out and it fell into my open <laughs> hand. Like that, I, that, I thought about that instantly. So Scotty Summer is looking up. We're making some friends. One thing we learned pretty quickly is that you can ruin a whole summer's day with these guys just by hitting a ball over the fence. <laughs> Long ball porter. <laughs> oh, God. Ham is so pleased with himself. He gets up to the plate and he creams this heater over the fence into the junkyard next door. Idiot, now we can't play no more. Great, you idiot. Stupid idiot. And as he's running around the plates, they're just hitting him for it. They're throwing their gloves at him. They're like, and Betty's like, we cannot play anymore because you just wasted that ball. (laughs) And like, Scotty's like, guys, I'll get it. Like, be cool. And he starts climbing the fence, and the boys proceed to freak out. They grab him off the fence. Like, they just, they put him down and in a very hyperbolic manner explain to him how they all just saved his life. There's an entity behind the steel fence (laughs) to which they refer to as the beast. All that snarling we heard earlier. A monstrously, ridiculously huge dog who has killed upwards of 200 men. (laughs) According to their legend. Oh my god! uh, Uh, What... (laughs) Whatever goes over that fence <sighs> stays there. Oh my god. And I'm like, this but, is so dramatic. I like, know, but like, isn't that like big kid vibes? They make him go and look for himself. Oh my god. He goes and looks through that hole in the fence, and this comedically huge paw <laughs> comes out of nowhere to snatch that ball up. Something got the ball. I wrote, huh, it appears to be a monster or a fucking dog. (laughs) Boys, it's just a dog. New drinking game, new Sandlot coverage drinking game. Drink every time I say it's a dog. It's just a dog. Also, I don't imagine that dogs were ever that terrifying to me as a child. No, here's the thing. I understand why some people are afraid of dogs. I am super duper not afraid of dogs. Now, I am not 12, number one. I'm quite a bit taller. But I was never afraid of dogs as a kid either. And like, like, I feel like if a dog rushed me, I would, and uh, this sounds graphic, but if a dog were going to attack me, I would simply kick it in the face. Like, like, <laughs> Sorry. That's, it's, I, I just pictured you kicking a dog in the face. No, it's not funny. I would never do it unless no. I was like threatened. But like, I just, I'm, I'm not afraid of dogs. So I really cannot empathize with the fear they feel about this dog. Anyway, instead of explaining what the hell that was, we have to get together for a camp out in someone's treehouse first. Camp out. It, the treehouse is literally like right at the fence. Yeah. It's basically hanging over the property they're talking about. <laughs> I love it when Ham is explaining to Scotty what a s'more is. The s'mores conversation is a classic piece of writing. Like, I just, he's like, like, Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know what a s'more is. Scotty's a square. Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, 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 you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're killing me, smalls. All right, who cut one? These are s'more stuff. Okay, pay attention. 
I love how Dunham is. Okay, this is s'mores, okay? Okay, pay attention. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> All right, gather around, children. Squints is going to tell us the legend of the beast. This whole black and white sequence with his face superimposed over it telling this story is really too ridiculous. It's just a dog. <laughs> it's just a bigger dog that lives in the property next door. The intense dramatization of this beast's supposed lore. It all started about 20 years ago when thieves kept stealing junk from Myrtle's Acres junkyard. So Mr. Myrtle, the guy that used to own the place, got him this new pup from the dog pound. He fed him whole sides of beef and turned the pup loose in the junkyard. First of all, they think this dog is already 20 plus years old. Like, originally brought in in, like, the, what, late 30s or something? Like, we're talking a big dog. Like, larger than life. Clifford the big red dog big. This is, his, this, his grandpa told him a funny story. Yeah! His grandpa told him a tall tale, and that's why he's telling them this story. Grandpa was messing with him, and now he's repeating it as fact. I've done it. I know. <laughs> I've done. I've said stupid shit too that the adults in our lives have said. There's no way this dog ate children. Yeah. And then was allowed to live. All these kids, this dog is supposedly eaten because they went over the fence and never came back. Sorry, they went out the front. <laughs> and probably didn't want to hang out with you guys anymore because being paranoid about the dog. And like they just, I guess the legend goes that they just forced the guy. They forced Mr. Myrtle, the guy that owns the junkyard, to just keep him chained up in the backyard. Because when Mr. Myrtle asked the cops how long he had to keep the beast chained up like a slave, they said until forever, 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 forever. Listen, I know this English Mastiff is not a full-blown kaiju, but like the way they think of him as a literal monster, it's so endearing because it's so childlike. Like, the way things seem... Yeah, they're afraid of a dog, the you way, know, like... Things seem so much bigger and scarier to us when we were kids, and then we see things as adults and we're like, wow. That was nothing. Yeah, I was scared of that. Pathetic. The middle of this movie is really made up of a series of microplots, a lot of filler, if you will, like <laughs> little vignettes that are made up of what summers in the suburbs are about the americana of it all i hate you for saying it i really do no that's like that is the snobbiest thing you could say about this stupid movie yeah is that it just it's very iconic and like what better place to start than a day at the pool so yeah yeah and squints are coming out of vincent's the next day they've got a new ball to play for the day oh god cost 98 cents for a baseball guess who it's time to talk about wendy peppercorn Whoa, give it to me. Jeez Louise. What's the matter? Jeez. Wendy Peppercorn. There goes my baby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love that song. Like, I really do. Wendy is like probably a senior in high school. Stop making eyes with the 10-year-old boys. No, it's weird. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's weird. And like she is like apparently the love of Squince's life. She honestly looks kind of severe to me. Like, <laughs> like her face. Like when the first shot of her where she's just like dead ass eyes ahead and like... <laughs> 
swaying back and forth. I'm like, mm, I don't like your eyes. There's something about there's something behind your eyes that I don't quite like, Wendy. What's your deep dark secret? As luck would have it, the day is much much too hot to play baseball, and so the boys decide to go to the pool instead to do what? Scam pool honeys. Oh my. They're going to look at women in bathing suits. Like, this is so close to being an anime, it's not even funny. Think about what they said. Scam pool honeys? What does that even mean? What are we scamming? How are we scamming? Oh, we're going to find out how we're scamming. Oh, God. Wendy Peppercorn is the lifeguard at this pool. All the boys are standing in the pool, like trying not to have boners. Oh my God. Watching Wendy Peppercorn put lotion and oil all over her body. And I kind of don't like this part. No. They're just like, look at her. Just being there. Oh my God. Look at her sitting there. I love it when he says, I have swum here nearly every summer of my adult life. (laughs) Oh my God. Kid, you're like 12. (laughs) Your adult life. I've swum here every summer of my adult life. Every summer, there she is. Lotion. Oily. Oily. Lotion. And one day, it became too much for Michael Squints Polidorus. This is too much for Squints, isn't it? Oh, God, he does what adult Scotty accurately describes as the most desperate thing any of them have ever seen. Squints goes out onto the diving board and jumps in. He cannot swim. He is in the deep end. Of course, lifeguard Wendy Peppercorn goes diving in after him, right? It's so dramatic because she swoops in, pulls him out, starts performing mouth to mouth, and after a few desperate moments, again, I shit you not, Squints starts tongue kissing Wendy. This magic moment. Little pervert! Oh man, he's a deep shit. This magic moment. That drifter song starts playing. I I love, ah, you little pervert. Oh man, he's in deep shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's very appropriate. And like Wendy appropriately ejects Squints and the other boys from the pool. And this stupid narration. I hate the way they wrap up this little vignette. I mean, they did say what he did was sneaky, rotten, and low. Not another one among us would have ever in a million years, even for a million dollars, had the guts to put the move on the lifeguard. He did. He had kissed a woman and he had kissed her long and good. We got banned from the pool forever that day, but every time we walked by after that, the lifeguard looked down from her tower, right over at Squints, and smiled. But, like, this whole thing ends with her smiling at Squints and waving? What the fuck? I mean, wouldn't you laugh about it after you got calmed down? I mean, maybe. (laughs) But I just, I hate that the narrator is like, well, it was fine, because it was funny. Ugh. We've arrived at the 4th of July. This is a perfect American summer film. It really is. Oh, yeah. The 4th of July scene does make you feel some kind of way. There was only one night game a year. On the 4th of July, the whole sky would brighten up with fireworks, giving us just enough light for a game. We played our best then, because I guess we all felt like the big leaguers under the lights of some great stadium. Benny felt like that all the time. Like, their one night game a year 
where they play baseball, America's pastime, underneath the light of fireworks. Yeah, it lights up the sky. They can see to play. And like, Benny is like hitting balls out into the outfield and nobody's doing anything. Yeah, they're all distracted by the fireworks. It's fun. It's cute. Well, now, wait a minute. I'm talking about America. Sweet America. You know, God done shed his grace on thee. I love when they started putting that song in ads. Yeah. I've heard it in more than one ad. I know. Probably a Google ad. This next bit is about that good old-fashioned team rivalry shit. So they're playing hot and heavy, right? I wrote, oh God, not Phillips and these fucks on bikes. Oh yeah, these other kids who are all part of another baseball team, I guess they're in an actual league. They've got uniforms. They think they're hot shit. Like, it's the tension is instant. Egg, the way that Ham throws his glove down. Oh my God. Like... We got roaches. Ham has a total <laughs> attitude through this whole scene. Um, like this the, bit, this bit is iconic. The game of insults ensues, as boys do. What's your favorite? I like pee drinking crap face. Oh God, I just oh shit. I don't know, man. I, the only thing I can think about is the part that I hate. You bob for apples in the toilet, and you like it. You play ball like a girl. Ham. Not you with the anti-feminism. Oh, the shocked silence. The, oh, oh, they're they're all shocked. They're the, all shocked to their core. The metaphorical clutching of the athletic cups, like a girl. Oh dear me. So now, of course, we have to have a game against each other for the honor. Like the Sandlot kids are in it for the honor. Ham is my hero during this whole game. Oh God, when he's trying to distract the hitters. <laughs> I think my favorite might be. If my dog was as ugly as you. I'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backwards. Hey, is that your sister out there in left field? Naked? She's naked? Shut up, Porter! Hey, hey, hey! I'm just trying to have a little friendly conversation. <laughs> is that your it. sister there in left field? <laughs> naked? She's naked. Shut up, Porter! <laughs> hey, hey! I'm just trying to make conversation. I love ham. <laughs> But they embarrass these kids. Like, this is a short business. They win, obviously. And you know where they decide to celebrate? <laughs> the county fair. Yeah, the fair. So Weeks pulls tobacco out like it's weed, right? Chaw! Uh, I saving it for a good time. What is it? Big Chief. The best. She smalls. I suppose you don't even know who the babe is either. <laughs> <laughs> it's plug. What? Chewing tobacco? Backy, man. First of all, all nicotine-related habits are inherently nasty. Second of all, chewing tobacco specifically because it forces you to spit. And we know how Ross feels about the spit. Uh, uh, yeah, like I... Mm. Like, they are all going to dip into this chewing tobacco and have a good old adult night just like their heroes, the baseball players. Like, but they're doing it all wrong, number one. You're supposed to pinch off a little bit. They put mounds of tobacco in their mouth. You're supposed to pinch off a little bit to keep between your teeth and your cheek. And they've hacked off whole mouthfuls like they're eating raw cookie dough. But it's 1962. Yeah, we're not getting cancer in 1962. 62, aren't we? The first thing they do after this is get on one of those rides 
that's designed to make you sick. The ones that go spinning real fast. And the ones that you can only find at your county fair. No, seriously. You don't get sick like that in amusement parks, like, but you get sick like that at the fair. Because it's all a scam. Yeah, they want you to throw up and buy more food. Yes. <laughs> It's all scam. All the rides are designed to make you barf. The spaceship one where you stick to the wall. Oh my God. If we could burn that, I would. Yeah, for real. I love how none of them sits with any of the others. Yeah, no. They're, they're like, because that's gay. They, oh God. Because <laughs> you ride that doodad with your girl, right? Yeah. They we can't sit next to each other. Just a couple of guys six <laughs> feet apart because we're not gay. So they're all on this get me sick ride. Oh my god. (laughs) The tequila song. This is hilarious. (laughs) As they're riding around on this ride, it's obvious on their faces they're getting real pale and real green. I'm sure they've all got tobacco juice in their mouth making them sick. I'm sorry. Oh my god. And now we have kids on this ride spinning in circles about ready to lose it. And like, it's just like, they're one big, giant, horrific sprinkler. Oh, Carrie. <laughs> oh, fluids. Because they start getting sick. It looks like chili. <gasps> You're fired. <laughs> I'll give you your check next week. Please leave. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to ruin chili for you. Uh, Also, why do people eat peanut butter sandwiches with chili? I had that conversation today. (laughs) Somebody told me they ladle chili over the peanut butter sandwich and eat it that way. What the fuck? What are you all doing? (laughs) Remember when George Carlin said Americans will eat anything because they're dumb as fuck? Yeah. The sautéed raccoon assholes on a stick? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So dad's going out of town. Oh, yeah. Bill's going on a business trip. Also, his mom looks banging in that white dress when they're taking him out to the car. Ross, that's so specific. She really, she's tan. She got that white dress on. She belongs (laughs) in California. Absolutely. I'm going to ask her for a drink at the bar later. (laughs) I know she's married, but like, I don't care because it's 1962. (laughs) Anyways. And so, yeah, Bill's going away and he tells Scotty, you know, you're the man of the house now. While I'm gone. And oh, the man I'm trying to get to love me is telling me I'm in charge. (laughs) That I have to handle things and be a big boy while he's gone. Oh man, the pressure. Take another stab at catch when I get back, all right? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, take care of things for me. Okay. All right? I will. Okay. Be a good boy. And he's like, you'll love me when you get back, Dad. Bill. (laughs) Oh no. Dad, Bill. Bill, Dad. I don't know. Oh, We finally get back to the main thread of the story about the biggest pickle Scotty ever got in. Like, we've been hearing about this big pickle all movie, and here's where it finally all starts. And it all started with an omen. Benny hits a dramatic pitch. And cracks this ball so hard that he knocks the stitching off the ball and all the stringy cork comes out. He murdered that baseball. 
Like he, he skinned it. It's so ridiculous. He knocked it open. I just love that this would never actually happen, but it's like the way somebody would tell it, like in retelling it as an adult. Like my buddy, buddy, he hit a ball so hard, he knocked a stitching right off of it. <laughs> and Benny's like, damn, guys, I feel bad. I did that. Now we can't play anymore. And they're all like, that was the coolest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no, don't speak. Don't ruin the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Benny, Benny, we're cool. But like, you're right. Now they need another ball. Scotty does the wrong thing and says, hey, you know, my dad has a baseball back in his office. I'm going to go get it and brings it back. But guys, the ball is the ball signed by Babe Ruth. Remember, Scotty doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. He lied to avoid embarrassing himself on meeting those guys. Specially signed baseball. Like it is it like it is a piece of sports history Babe Ruth touched that and wrote his name on it. You see why I like things. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. Like, I think the fact that the ball was on a display stand would have been the first clue, Scotty. He but, goes back to the sandlot with that ball, right? Oh my god. And then it's it's actually Benny who suggests, "All right, you gave us the ball. You can bat first. <laughs> Are you about to blame this on Benny?" I- <laughs> He did the omen, like... This is not Benny's fault. He just... Okay, anyway. Scotty gives an impeccable swing. Why? Yeah! Way to go to school, mate! Tell him everything! Oh my god, wouldn't you know it? He finally had a good hit! Like, they just got the ball back, and they just lost another. Because guess where that ball goes? Right over the steel fence of death. Right into the junkyard. With the beast. And he gets to second base before he realizes what he's done. Like that ball, signed by Babe Ruth, is now in the jowls of a vicious junkyard dog. You're right. Right as he about passes second base, <laughs> he passes away. Yeah. But he doesn't quite realize he it. He leaves his body. He dies. Like, <laughs> dead man walking. It was my stepdad. I stole it from his trophy room. It was a present or something. Somebody gave it to him. But we gotta get it back. He's gonna kill me. Listen to me, Smalls. It's the matter of life and death. Where did your old man get that ball? Some lady gave it to him. Why? Yeah, she even signed her name on it. Some lady named Ruth. Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth! So now that we know that a relic of sports history is just over that fence, it's a huge affair. No, the Sandlot goes into wartime. Like... This is obviously where he has to come clean about not knowing who Babe Ruth is, and it's incredibly embarrassing, especially when he learns that the ball is worth thousands. <laughs> like, more than your whole life, man. I can't even... Ugh, I, I, I understand his pain. They try to fake a ball to buy them some time. Like oh they, my god. They go and literally buy another whole-ass baseball, <laughs> and... Benny very badly signs Babe Ruth's name on it. He sure does. And Scotty places it back in the holder just to <laughs> buy them a little time. Oh, my God. Because they've seen the baseball. It's it's sitting in there. Yeah. It's visible to them through holes in the fence. Why don't we just go over and knock on the door and ask Mr. Myrtle if you can go Are get you out it of your us? Mind? Mr. Myrtle's the meanest old man that ever lived. He's the one who made the beast eat that kid. Oh my god, it is just an old man and his dog. Like, just, you know, when he goes, hey, I got it! Let's just go knock on the door and ask Mr. Myrtle. And they're like, are you fucking stupid? Like, have you not listened to a thing we've said? They're dumb, you know? Yeah, they're dumb little boys. Like, I get it. I I typed, it, period, is, period, a, period, dog, period. (laughs) 
So now we have to go through this montage of attempts to get the ball back. This whole sequence trying to get the ball back is just, it gets too intricate. These nine boys just putting their heads together, trying to come up with the best method of retrieving this ball through the fence. The first halfway decent thing they try to do is attach Ham's catcher mask to the end of a vacuum hose. (laughs) To suck it up. And using the power of three vacuums, suck the ball up at the end of the hose. Even though this is the third time they tried to attempt sticking something down in there and the dog just destroys it anyway. Yeah, the beast puts an end to that right quick. (laughs) He destroys these vacuum cleaners. And I want to know... Which three boys it was who had to go home and explain what happened to the vacuum? Who? They did. They took three vacuums. Like, who had to Their t- mothers are out vacuums. <laughs> yeah, you like... You know it. No, son, not the Hoover! Yeah. Like, who had to go home and explain that? It, it culminates with them putting together every fucking piece of Erector set that Scotty has <laughs> and building a robot vehicle... I know! ...that goes in... And scoops the ball up and brings it back. It's got a little trebuchet on it. I'm like, this is where Scotty gets to show his God-given talents. <laughs> this goes pretty well, actually. Like, they get the ball scooped up and everything. It, it goes off without a hitch. It flings off that machine, but it goes right in that dog's mouth. That dog comes out of nowhere and snaps that thing out of the air. not great. Bill's gonna come home in a few days, find out about the ball, and that's gonna be the end of that. It, it, it looks real bleak there for a second. I really love it when he says he had a dream that a baseball came flying out of the sky. Oh my god. And pulverized him into the ground like a railroad spike. Y'all, I forgot about their respective dreams, him and Benny. Oh, Be- you mean Babe Ruth coming out of the closet to Benny in this next sequence? What in the name of all things holy? I'm here because you're in some kind of a pickle, right? Yeah. A baseball with my John Hancock on it went over a fence and you can't get it back, right? Yeah, right. Then just hop over there and get it. Art LaFleur is here playing Babe Ruth, and I'm just like, I'm glad they said it was a dream. But like, <laughs> because it's absurd! But you almost forget that it is. You just think it's the next scene. Without any other context, it's just Benny Rodriguez with Babe Ruth's ghost. Babe Ruth is literally just here to say... Go over the fence and get the ball. Yeah, he's like, you know, you're their leader. Like, what is it he fucking says? Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. And you'll never go wrong. So Benny's gonna jump the fence to the junkyard. Like, he fervently and honestly believes that he could very well be mauled to pieces by this dog if he goes over there. This is actually where we get our first look at the actual dog. Like oh, this, yeah. Like, this entity that's just been inside a doghouse breathing menacingly and tugging at a chain the whole time. Like, before it's been, like, a comedically huge puppet, right? This he- is an actual English Mastiff. Yeah, that dog is a sweetheart and I won't hear another word. Oh, no, I bet that dog is a great time. In, in private when he's not working. It's just so funny because that dog like walks up to him and like drops the ball and rolls it over to him. Like he's that dog daring said, him. That dog said, try it. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> they have this weird Harry Potter Voldemort thing happen. See, that's funny that you wrote Harry Potter Voldemort thing because I literally wrote Western motif. <laughs> like high noon. Yeah, because that's, that's actually what it is. Wow, like. Wow. 
That is the actual inspiration. There are like, two kinds of people. Yeah, I'm sorry. Benny takes off and he snatches that ball up. And it's all in slow motion. It's honestly one of the greatest moments from my childhood viewing movies. Mm -hmm. Like, it was such a great moment. And Benny barely makes it over this fence. He launches himself over this fence. But then... Oh, shit! The dog jumps over the fence after him. This chase scene is unnecessary. The dog does, in fact, chase Benny the length of the San Fernando Valley. Like, what in the <laughs> wide world? This is all happening to Wipeout. I know. I love it. He chases him halfway around California, all the way back to the sandlot, where he just jumps back into Myrtle's yard and the dog back after him. But then the fence falls down on top of Doggo. This is the point where the boys realize what a bunch of assholes they've been about this. Because it's a dog? Yeah, because... Like an, like an actual dog that... You know why he was chasing after Benny? Because he took the ball! Because he took the fucking ball. He like, just wanted his ball back. He's not trying to kill him. And Scotty is the one who insists on lifting the fence off the dog. He, he's the only one who, in that moment, is like, Guys, we can't let this animal die. Yeah, well, a little golden boy standing up for what's right. <laughs> This is where we get to meet Mr. Myrtle. Darth Vader. Oh my god. <laughs> Darth Vader lives next door. <laughs> they have enough decency to go knock on Mr. Myrtle's door and tell him that his fence fell down and that the dog can get out. Hercules? Yeah, the dog's name is Hercules. And like you said, this is just a poor old blind man. Yeah. He's harmless. He's just minding his business. He's not going to hurt anyone. And like, I love it because they tell him, we got the ball back. Thank you. And he goes, first time that anybody ever got the best of old Hercules. Why don't you just knock on the door? I'd have gotten it for you. And all the guys, oh, man. <laughs> Squints. What they just went through over that. And so James Earl Jones invites them in, and upon assessing the condition of the baseball, it's pretty clear we can't give it back to Bill without him knowing that it's been chewed on and slobbered on by this great big English Mastiff dog. They do indeed admit to Myrtle that the ball is signed by Babe Ruth. That was my stepdad's ball. I took it without asking. It was signed by Babe Ruth. George signed this? George Herman Ruth? Yeah. I take it back. You're not in trouble. You're dead where you stand. He's like dropping names. I love it. Because they're buddies. He loves the game himself. Yeah, he used he, to play. He used to play. He used to play with Babe Ruth. He's like, you think this is great? You're going to shit. Give me just a second. <laughs> goes over to one of his cabinets that's loaded with baseball memorabilia. He goes, I'll make you trade. I'll trade you. 
That's really nice of you, but that ball really is signed by Babe Ruth. So is this one, with the rest of the 1927 Yankees. I'll take this ball, this shitty, slobbery <laughs> Babe Ruth ball, and give you this. A very old baseball signed by all of the 1927 Yankees, including Babe Ruth. I just, this is so cool to me. It is so cool that this guy who was just trying to live, all these kids making all this racket in his backyard, and he's good enough to, like, give them this awesome piece of memorabilia. <laughs> he said, you know, sons. You're the first children that didn't treat me like dicks. <laughs> Here you go. Like, honestly, he's just like, hey, just come over and talk to me about ball once a week. And I won't say shit to your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Scotty does eventually opt to come clean with Bill. Yeah, makes amends with Bill. Even though Bill loved the murderer's row ball, he was still plenty mad about me having swiped his Babe Ruth autograph ball and ruining it. So I didn't feel too bad when he grounded me for a week, uh, instead of the rest of my life. Things worked out between me and him, and from then on, I didn't have any trouble just calling him dad all the time. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you have a daddy now. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, mm. I'd like to think that Bill would have been, you know, at least still cool-ish about it if he hadn't given him that really awesome ball. You're right. I've been way too hard on Bill this whole time. <laughs> like, you need to make time for the kid. You know, he's going to be here for a long time. <laughs> that dog lived to be what? What does he say? <laughs> 199 years old? That's 30 years. Oh my God. That's absurd. I know. That dog did not live 30 years. We have to talk about what happened to these kids because these are some wild tidbits to throw in yeah. here right at the end. This little epilogue that we're getting it gets very specific about the life paths of all of these uh, young men. Yeah, yeah, became one of the first engineers behind bungee jumping. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bertram got really into the 60s and no one ever saw him again. That, to me, that says either OD'd and died or was drafted and died. Bertram, well, Bertram got really into the 60s and no one ever saw him again. Like, I, I just, I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. And no one ever really saw him again. Like, he doesn't sound concerned. <laughs> no one kept up with weeks. He's just like, no hmm. one paid attention to what happened to Bert. Whatever happened to Bert? Like, no one really seems concerned. I mean, I guess that is kind of a testament to the fact that that happens. I mean, yeah. That does happen to people that some kids you're close with when you're a kid. Yeah, you grow apart. And, and you, you never see each other you again. You just completely lose touch. Timmy and Tommy, the brothers, become the architects who invented mini malls? I don't understand that, or but whatever. <laughs> Good for Timmy and Tommy. Oh, wait, the architect and contractor? That's funny. Really? Because all Tommy is doing as the contractor is copying what Timmy's doing. <laughs> Isn't that great? That is great. Aww. Squints grew up and married Wendy Peppercorn. And put nine babies in her. What in the wide world? What the hell? I mean, hey, what these kids are like, what, 12? Mm -hmm. So she's probably five or six years only older than him. I'd probably ask Wendy Paladoris out for a drink as well. <laughs> she's a fine woman, I guess. <laughs> God, I just... She's also, looking at my watch, how many years older than him? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I just wish she wasn't here just to be, like, objectified. And then, oh my God, Ham becomes a pro wrestler. You know him as the Great Ambino. I love it. I love it so much. De Nunez actually became a triple ball player. He's as serious about this as Benny is. Settled like, down, had a couple of kids. He coaches Little League. Yeah, it's a good life, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And Benny 
Of course we knew Benny was going to go on to be something big, right? You mean like an L.A. Dodger? <laughs> oh, yeah. I told you, I, I've told you this before, dude. There's something about baseball players <laughs> for me. I'm oh, my like, God. They're just cuter. I don't know why. You love them little baseball bodies? Mm. It's, <laughs> it's their butts. I know. <laughs> They've got great butts. They got great pants for it. <laughs> <laughs> the movie just kind of ends. Like it's This just- is where I cried. You, this is where you cry? Because when Benny makes the run, and then, you know, they all stand up in there, because he steals third, right? And we're all standing up, oh. and they're cheering. I think the side of unity triggered me into tears. Oh, no. Because <laughs> it is. It's an American pastime, right? Baseball is like the most cherished game in all of America. I guess Benny and Scotty are still friends. I hope so, because he gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're at the end. <laughs> and he's still wearing that horrible fishing hat. Oh, my God. He was wearing on day one. I know. I, I was wanting to talk about the hat, but I also didn't want to make fun of the hat because... You know what I think? It probably belonged to his dead yeah, dad. Yeah, I think it's his dead dad's hat. Oh. <laughs> You're right. I'm glad we didn't talk too much about it. So, yeah, I'm glad he kept it, but it's just got a comedically huge bill on it. I'm like, why? It's like a surfboard. I just got unpredictably emotional. At the end of this, it, this movie made me, I haven't seen it in a long ass time and seeing it now with my 2020 eyes, I'm like, God, I miss being a kid so much. You miss running around. Yeah. Hit, like hitting a ball, scraping your knee. He told us he was going to tell us a story about a fun summer he had and he did. It was a really <laughs> fun summer, except for the parts that weren't so fun, you know, like Oh I had God. fun, and I was like, it mi- it made me miss that fun that you have as a kid, you know? Yeah, I think that's exactly what this movie does so perfectly, is that it captures that childlike perspective on the world mm-hmm. in, in a really deep way. Yeah. And, like, it just, I can see why it made you emotional. Like, yeah. don't you wish, don't you wish that your biggest trouble was a dog that lived next door? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really do. I'm going to cry again. No, please don't I cry. won't. I won't. I'm fine. It's just, ugh. God. Like you said earlier, you know, you think your world collapses over and over again when you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get to be this age and you're like, dead stare. Like, <laughs> it's just a dog. I think about the things a lot that I used to think were important and I just want to snap my neck. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to go back in time and beat yourself about the head. This was not important. Just go back and go, no! <laughs> slap, 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 slap. Stop that. Guys, we did the Sandlot. Oh, my God. I always imagined us doing this as an episode even before we got big into the podcast. But, like, I'm glad we've done it now. Oh, my God. It's such a classic. It is. It is. It is a, It is a, It is. is the quintessential American summer film. Like, I love it so much. Oh, guys. And we got another good summer film coming up for you. Mm. I don't know if it's this heat or what, but I figured... <laughs> 
that next week it would be fun, question mark? I, I'm so excited. To cover Holes. I love me a Lewis Sacker novel. <laughs> oh my God. And I love me some Holes. Wait a minute. <laughs> Sorry. No, don't use that. No, just get that out of your system now. Just get it out of your system before next week. I love me some Sigourney. I love me some Tim Blake Nelson every now and again. That oh is my a joke. God. <laughs> oh my God. But no, I'm actually the most excited about Sigourney Weaver and Patricia Arquette. Absolutely. Look out for that, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K I C K N S T R E A N. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. <laughs> we want everyone to be able to join our little watch party. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, Sorry, Mom. Wow, we did that in just over an hour. <laughs> we never do that. Oh my God. <laughs> it just came out of us so naturally. It was like breathing. It was good. It was good. I like episodes like this. Gothic news, gothic news, gothic news.